Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, May 24th starts now. On today's show, Ben welcomes back a guest. You know him. You love him. You've read what he's written. Now, hear what he's got to say. We're talking with Monroe Anderson. The Ben Jarofsky Show brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, and so much more. If you haven't read Ben Jarofsky's new newsletter article, get on over there. Check it out. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this uh, (laughs) Chicago Foxes Wednesday, and here's why. I'll tell you why. Newspapers are filled with stories about the foxes discovered in Millennium Park. Chicago loves an animal story, ladies and gentlemen. little diversion from the typical bad news in the city of Chicago. You know, the uh, bankruptcy, the debt, uh, the feuding politicians, the violence, the, the gunfire. Just, just, just Life in Chicago can be very horrendous and very upsetting and uh, just overwhelming you with bad news. So we love a little animal story. In the summer of 2019, I want to point out, there was the alligator, not quite an animal, but close enough, in Humboldt Park. Chicago was obsessed with that alligator. Every day there were updates. They saw the alligator in the Humboldt Park Lagoon. Like, what's the latest on the update? We're live from the Humboldt Park Lagoon. They've sent some reporter out there. Channel 2 News Live. Well, now they got foxes were discovered in Millennium Park. Yeah, foxes discovered in Millennium Park. The bright one had a field day with it this morning. My beloved bright one home delivered every day. They love an animal story. The Sun-Times does. Here's the headline. Millennium Park's fox family is city's latest critter craze. God, I love Chicago. I'll just read you uh, a paragraph from the story. At least four small fox kits were seen loping around the park's lurie garden uh, jumping in and out of their den as surprise visitors stopped to sneak a picture of the furry fam- family. The small cannons snipped at each other and chased their tails around the garden. They groomed one another and ran in and out of the greenery. In the park. I didn't even know what cannons was. I got to admit, ladies and gentlemen, my vocabulary. I've been speaking English my whole life, but I'm not really good at it, which is kind of funny. I made my living talking, writing. So I had to look up cannons, and sure enough, uh, carnivores, mammals, including foxes, wolves, dogs, jackals, and coyotes. So really happy for you, Chicago. A little diversion with those animals. I, listen, I'm always searching for diversion myself in the world of sports in particular. And last night, the Boston Celtics defeated the Miami Heat to continue that series, which means I will have something to do on Thursday night, which is really what sports is. Something to do. Uh, particularly my beloved basketball. So any diversion we have is welcome. 
animals. If you're going to be diverted by animals, Chicago, God bless you. All right. And now uh, I'm going to turn things over to Monroe, Monroe Anderson every Wednesday in this show. No diversions, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-uh. <laughs> Back to the world of depressing news. Monroe, by the way, while we're speaking, while you and I are recording this show, uh, the Chicago City Council is meeting. Uh, and it's the first meeting of the Chicago City Council uh, led by our new mayor, Mayor Brandon Johnson. Uh, and I had to pull myself away. I think I told you this. When I called you to do our pre-show, I pulled myself away. I couldn't. I Monroe, I was watching it on the, the, the city clerk's website. I was like, no, I, I, I want to keep watching. <laughs> I, I'm addicted to Chicago politics. Okay. Well, <laughs> I speak, know. Speaking of diversions. Yes. I, I suggest. Instead of watching basketball, you watch the gentle art of Sweden, Sweden um, death cleaning. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that's, that's why it's such a great diversion. It's on it's on 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 um, Peacock's Max, streaming on Peacock's Max, and it's about these three Swedes who come to America. Yeah. And they, they what they do in Sweden is they they prepare the house for your death. Oh, they clean it. They 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 get rid of the junk so that your children won't have Oh, to I know that. Food. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. There's and, a show about that? Yes. It is you, very good. You know what? It's incredible. I, I gotta tell you this. Yeah. Uh I, I was we were not planning to talk about this at all. I didn't so uh my house is overrun with books yeah and i collect um i've just i i've always had a hard time throwing books away because i like having them around makes me feel right. like oh i'm learning right, smart. right. <laughs> even if the books are some of them are really dumb but i just said to myself you know oh benny J, you're not getting any younger and one day someone's gonna have to go through these books you won't be here. It'll be there like, God damn it, Dad. Right. So you know what I've been doing? See, uh, uh, we have these books, book boxes. A lot of homes on the north side have them. I don't know if they got them in Lincoln Park, but, like, I go for my walk, Monroe, and people, like, it's like a uh, it's like a little box. and it, I don't know how else to describe uh, oh, I know. Little, they yeah, got them. I, I mean, I told some people about it. They act like I'm making it up i never heard of it ben that's a north side thing they always go that if you talk yeah, to someone no, it's it's north sort side of like thing. a birdhouse or yeah birdhouse yeah. books right, right okay so i've been i go by and for the longest time i've been taking books out of them and then i realized you know i should give back so for about the last week when i go for my walk i take three books with me monroe that I know I'm never going to read again. I know I'm never going to, nobody's going to want them. There's like, I have tons of mysteries, detective books and stuff. So I put them in those boxes. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm doing what those Swedes are doing. Only right. I don't have a Netflix show or not Netflix, a Peacock show about it. Yeah. Right. Except you, well, you are doing it to the extent they are. I mean, no. They go through everything. And they, what they do is they force you to make a decision. Um, yes. what you want to keep and yes. what you want to give away and what you want to throw away. Yes. And um, and you have to evaluate your, okay, the, the three people they send, 
Uh, one is an organizer. One's an interior designer, and one's a psychiatrist. <laughs> because there's emotional stuff involved in this, too. And so, I mean, really, check it. I mean, it's, so, it's very fascinating. Well, I will yeah. not check that out until the NBA season is over, the basketball season is over. You, it's with better basketball. than the NBA final. <laughs> you would, no, no, you don't even like basketball. You would not say that about a football playoff game, okay? <laughs> so just, <laughs> no way is it better than it is. Yeah, right. I, I'm and by the way, I'm I, gotta, <laughs> I just got to give a shout out. Uh, this is apropos to absolutely nothing. For me, one of the most enjoyable moments in television is watching Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, Shaquille O'Neal, and Ernie Johnson. I absolutely love those four. They get talking. It, it's I've never seen anything quite like it, uh, Monroe, on TV. They just they just start talking among themselves as though the camera's not even rolling. They do have enough uh, sense not to swear, but they come close to it many times. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll bring like after a game, they'll bring a guest on, some basketball player, and usually, you know, like um, uh, uh, Bam Adebayo was on the other day. So, you know, they're like interviewing him. So, Bam, you had the 12 rebounds. What was it like? Da, da, da. Next thing you know, Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal are arguing, and Bam is just standing <laughs> with a smile <laughs> on his face because, you know, like he respects his elders. You know, they're both right, like, exactly right. You know, you've been taught. Well, I mean, they, you know, they, they are legends in and of themselves. So, but he grew up watching them. Yes. Studying them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I just watch, they're just arguing, and Ernie Johnson is arguing, and sometimes no one's listening. Great stuff. Oh, I have uh, to watch that sometimes because that, that I would find interesting. Well, okay, so now I'm going to really vent. Uh, the NBA playoffs are on two networks, ESPN, ABC, slash ABC, same thing, and TNT. TNT is the one with Barkley and Shaq, and Kenny, Johnson, uh, Kenny Smith and Ernie Johnson. They're by far the best. ESPN, sorry, guys, you are not even close in any way, in any regard. It's just not nearly as fun and as entertaining. Uh, and Monroe... The uh, conference, the championship is on ESPN, ABC. So you only, you may only get one more chance to watch. I call it uh, the the Shaq and uh, Charles Barkley show, but it's really Shaq, Ernie, and uh, Kenny. And if 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 Miami beats Boston on Thursday, it's over for TNT. So you're only going to get one more chance. You're going to have to watch Thursday's basketball game, Game Five, Celtics versus. What time does it start? Start seven thirty uh, Chicago time, and uh, I, and then it, it, then you watch when it's over. You got to watch. Um, okay, and you know what? A lot of times during the summer, this is a shameful moment of uh, revelation, Monroe. I will go to YouTube and watch old, <laughs> old clips oh, of Mark <laughs> and oh, Shaq. God. Oh Lord, I'm, I need oh, help. Yeah, uh, yeah. See, now, I, I have a conflict. Because Thursday, I'm, I'm on the board of Gilda's Club. Okay. Uh, but, and they're having a a streaming event Thursday night, Cancer and Cannabis. Oh, well, that's... <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, I, I have to check it out to just, just see, because that's, that's, that's a subject I've never heard before. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, oh, that's a whole other story, but... Uh... 
years and years ago, I was an assistant to a woman uh, who had cancer and wrote about it. Uh, this is in the 70s, Monroe. Uh, Jory Graham, shout out Jory Graham, the late great Jory Graham. Uh, and she was way ahead of the game about uh, uh, cannabis reefer uh, cutting the pain that ca- that stems from uh, chemo. Uh, and um, so she used to write about that quite a bit and smoke it quite a bit. All right, let's move on to uh, right. the uh, let's, relevant. Let's, let, let, let's get to City Hall. All right, well, all right, we'll we'll talk some City Hall first before we move on to DeSantis and Trump, which is uh, <laughs> uh, the ongoing spectacle in uh, the Repar- uh, Republican Party. And here's my question for you. Yes. So one of the things I noticed about Brandon Johnson, our new mayor, uh, is that he treats all the people with respect and courtesy. Uh, he's nice. Right. He uses humor a lot. He smiles. Right. He tells a joke. This is so different from Mayor Lori Lightfoot. This is so different from Mayor Rahm Emanuel. This is so different from Mayor Richard Daly, Baby Daly, and even Daddy Daly. I can't recall a mayor. You got to go once again, the greatest we've ever had. Uh, Harold Washington, it always comes. We had that one. The greatest mayor the city of Chicago ever had. He's our gold standard. Yes. He's the Michael Jeffrey Jordan of mayors. Uh, oh, my God. I got to tell you this. Uh, some guy, went, uh, they posted this on Instagram. I, I don't know who it was, but it was like giving the argument for Kobe Bryant being uh, the greatest basketball player over time, better than Michael Jordan. Monroe, it's like, I, so I was looking at the response. Every single person, you're crazy. You're insane. You're Even millennials are like, no, it's MJ. All right. So the. The the Michael Jordan of mayors, Harold Washington. You have to go back to Harold Washington to find a mayor with a sense of humor and treated people with respect and courtesy. So, Monroe, yes, you're you're not from Chicago. You're from Gary, but you've lived here for a long, long time. In your humble opinion, can Chicago handle a mayor who is pleasant, nice, and courteous, or is Chicago forever going to be addicted to mean, tyrannical, autocratic, bully-like mayors go. The jury is out. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. You know, I, I worked for a very nice mayor, not uh, Eugene Sawyer. Now, he he had a sense of humor, but it wasn't um, slap-your-knee humor. You know, it was subtle. And sometimes you got it and sometimes you didn't. But he was very nice, and that did not fare well for him. But there were other things stacked against him. So we'll see if if this will be the test to see whether Chicago can stand an actual likable mayor. Yeah. I um I remember writing about this in 2011 uh, when Rahm was running for mayor the first time. Uh, and Miguel DeValle was uh, one of his challengers. And Miguel DeValle, a former state senator, and now he's the head of the school board, um, had a reputation for being very uh, pleasant, like respectful of people. Yeah. Uh, and Mayor Rahm's people were mocking him and whispering about him. And he's like, "You, this guy's they're gonna he's, they're gonna roll all over him. He, they're gonna walk all over him. You got to be tough. You got to be nasty." And and uh, and I remember asking uh, Miguel Devay about that. Uh, and he said, I went to Thule High School on the, the northwest side of Chicago. That was the high school around where Clemente is now. Uh, and uh, Rahm Emanuel went to New Trier. 
in suburban will, will matter. Who do you think is tougher? Me from Thule or Rob from Nutrier? And I'm like, you raise a good point there. Uh, right. uh, but sometimes people respect, uh, view niceness as weakness, and they view meanness as toughness. Right. And there's a big difference. You follow what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No, that's why DeSantis is trying to pr- pretending to be a tough guy. Yeah. He's pretending and to he's be not. A- yeah. We'll get into that. But you yeah. know what? Let's elevate yeah. to the top of the list. Jim Brown just died. Yes. And um, about a week ago, Jim Brown is arguably the greatest football player of all time for you youngsters. Let me give you breaking news. Tina Turner just died. Oh, no. Yeah, just breaking news now. 83. What what do you have, your TV on and the sound on? Yes, and that's NBC. Oh, my goodness. I can walk and watch it. I can talk and watch (laughs) NBC at the same time. No, you're not. But with the sound down. Yeah, with the sound down. Oh, my God. Tina Turner died. I love Tina Turner. Yeah, me too. I just got to. Wow. I got to get my composure here. Um, I mean, God, Tina Turner. I can Tina Turner go back to the 60s. And, uh, you know, I uh, Tina Turner was. I, man, he used her so much, uh, and she was down, Monroe, you know what I mean? Psychologically down, and she just, she got herself together, became just this force in popular music uh, in uh, the late 70s and the 80s. She was huge in the 80s, remember? You know, right, right up, there was like Michael Jackson, Prince. That's the 90s. No, come on. That's the nineties. What what's love got to do with it? That that was the movie, but no, right there was a movie after the song, but the song okay. came out in the like early nineties, ninety ninety one. So I can see where you confused. No, it was in the eighties. Okay, how much you want to bet? This is a, a, a <laughs> this was not we even can, on our list. I'm right, we, right. We can do another lunch. Wow. At the rate we're going, you could t- you you should be taking me out for lunch for a week every day. But, but. Right, wait, I'm looking it up right now. Hold okay. on. Uh, all right. Oh my God, Tina Turner, 83. Um, she just died. Yeah, it's all over the place, Monroe. Okay. Yes. Um, Queen of Rock and Roll. All right. Um, in the 1980s, Turner launched one of the greatest comebacks in music history. Her 1984, her, let me just repeat that so Monroe Anderson can hear that. And we're going to a place where they have chicken. In 1984, oh, that chicken's going to taste so good. Uh, oh, my God, I'm getting texts from people in my family. Tina Turner just died. I'm, I'm tearing up thinking about it. People are texting me, Monroe, as we speak. Right. Um, uh, her 1984 multi-platinum album, Private Dancer, included the song What's Love Got to Do With It, which won the Grammy for Record of the Year. Her chart success continued with uh, Better Be Good to Me, Private Dancer, We Don't Need Another Hero. 84? Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, during her Break Every Rule world tour in 88, 1988, she set a then Guinness World Record for the largest paying audience, 180,000. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember she was in Tommy, but in 1975, right. 
She also was in uh, one of those Mad Max movies. Yes. Yeah. In 1985. And see, that's the thing. Like when she broke free. Right. uh, From from Ike. Yeah. From Ike, who was insane. Yes. uh, And when she broke free, she just like showed it like all her talent poured out. And it's. It, it, it's just such a beautiful story in so many ways that she just rose from the ashes. If you get yeah. what I'm saying, Monroe. Yeah. No, I, 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 in the early seventies, I, I dated uh, a former ICAT who told me a lot about this. Wow. <laughs> um, and uh, I didn't know you, you, you dated a former ICAT. Yes. Wow, that's a conversation for off the mic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was and, an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, that's a conversation for off the mic. Uh, and then Tina Turner. I, I, I'm going to give a shout out to my good friend, uh, Devin Thompson. I'm about to throw you under the bus here. So I had never seen uh, Mick Jagger dance. Uh, I, I mean, I love the Rolling Stones, their music, but yeah. I'm not a, that's the kind of Rolling Rolling Stone fan who goes to concerts and stuff. So I'd never seen Mick Jagger dance until remember live was it Live Aid? Uh that in nineteen eighty-four uh was they were raising money. Um Farm for, Aid was no, I think it was Live Aid for famine relief. Farm Aid was a different thing. Anyway, huh. there was okay. uh worldwide concerts. There was concerts in uh England, Wembley Stadium, that's where Queen Freddie Mercury's great concert. There was one here in Philly, uh in the United States of Philadelphia. Uh so Tina Turner and Mick Jagger came out and did a song together yeah. and she's dancing. She knows how to dance. And then he's dancing. I'm like, this man can't dance. <laughs> you ever see Mick Jagger dance? He's yeah, like right. jumping up and down. It's like aerobics. Yeah. I go, that, yeah. that's aerobics. That's not dancing, Mick. And, and so and, every and time a little, I, sp- a little spastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not quite in time. Even right. it's just sort of like dancing. <laughs> I'm like, so uh, many times Mick Jagger can't dance and Devin Thompson always defended. He's got sex. He's got a sexual presence, Ben. It's not dancing. Okay. Right. It's just jumping around. Anyway, Tina Turner is on stage and I think Tina Turner's just shaking her head, looking at Mick Jagger going, my God, I, there's like 20 eye cats that could dance better than you. Right. Wow. That's um, really sad. Well, you know, there's some correlation to what uh, Ike Turner uh, and Jim Brown. And, uh, yes. you yes. know, uh, Jim Brown, uh, for all his greatness on football field, for all his greatness on the silver screen. Uh, he had no greatness on the silver screen. Hey, come Pryor, on now. Richard Pryor had this joke. I don't know if you remember or not, where he, he and Jim Brown were good friends. Yes. And so Richard Pryor was talking about Jim Brown's acting skills. He said, <laughs> Yes, I will move the rock. <laughs> I heard that. And th- there's also that one, I, whenever I think of Jim Brown, I think of Richard Pryor. It was one of the Richard Pryor's two comedy specials uh, way, way, way back when. It was right after he, remember when Richard Pryor burned himself, like almost right. Uh, right. killed himself? Right. Uh, and uh, I guess the the vial, crack cocaine or whatever, just caught on fire and he was like burning remember that right. uh right. it was like 1980 or something and right. jim he was with jim brown uh and jim brown saved him and uh richard Pryor in the joke goes 
fire doesn't mess with Jim Brown. You remember that one? Like, <laughs> yeah, right, fire right. Right. Mess. <laughs> He's so tough. Fire, fire doesn't. No, 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 Jim, Jim Brown was uh, the man's man. <laughs> yes. And as the man's man, he had a uh, very bizarre, and that's the most euphemistic way I can think of it, attitude about women, like a fear of them almost. And uh, he was like challenged by them. And um, many instances of abuse uh, against women through the woman, uh, one of his, I don't know if it was a wife or a girlfriend or a lover, out over a balcony. Remember that, Monroe? Oh, yeah, right. He threw over the balcony. Yeah. And never, and he never really like acknowledged this. Right. He said, um, she, she fell. <laughs> yeah, she yeah fell. sort of like Putin's people fall out of windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from height, from, from heights uh, great enough to kill you. <laughs> so, how do you reconcile that uh, in your mind? I just was listening to Bomani Jones, uh, the great sports podcaster, and he was doing a whole riff on this. Yeah. About uh, the uh, he goes Jim Brown. People say it's complex, but Jim Brown wasn't complex. He was a man's man. He basically right. said what you said. Yeah. Uh, a man's man uh, with this bizarre fear of women and, and intimidation of of strong women. Yeah. Uh, he said that's not a complication. I'm like, well, I I think it's kind of a Definitely a contradiction to be so tough and yet be so afraid or challenged. So, how do you reconcile? Uh, well, I was, you know, I, I wasn't in into football back when Jim Brown was playing. Okay, so I was never a fan of his as a football player. And um, as far as movies, the only movie he was in where I really liked him was The Great Escape. Uh, and so I, I was more or less indifferent to Jim Brown, except some of his civil rights activity I found fascinating. And then when he showed up with Kanye at, at, at Trump's office, um, all that dissipated for me. So I was like, oh, God, Jim Brown is senile <laughs> or has Alzheimer's. Something's wrong with him. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I was not surprised that Jim Brown showed up uh, at uh, Trump's office. By the way, that that has, that moment has never, in my humble opinion, Monroe, received the attention it deserves for one of the bad, shittiest, crazy moments in the history of American politics. <laughs> well, Donald Trump, Trump has Kanye so many. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm like. <laughs> Kanye West, Donald Trump, and Jim Brown right. sitting around, and Kanye goes on one of his crazy, just like insane moments, his riffs, and Donald Trump's looking at him, and I, I call this the white people stare at Kanye West. Follow me in this one, Monroe. Yeah. So when Kanye West began saying the crazy stuff that he was saying that like really benefited MAGA and white people. Yeah. White, they like if he would be saying it to a white person, they would be staring at him with reverence. Like what he's saying is so profound and so deep, and they're like he's really getting at something. I remember old boy Tucker Carlson doing the same thing, Monroe, and I'm like, you realize this man is insane, don't you? You know, <laughs> and Donald Trump is like nodding his head. I can't remember what Kanye West was saying. It was just, it was like 
It was well, something about, I think it was something about the red head. Yeah, the red. <laughs> and and I don't remember the exact details anymore, but I remember it reminding me of this uh, satirical movie, Fear of a Black Hat. Did yeah. you ever see that? Where yes. They were talking about how uh, if you wore the black hat, people were, I mean, it was crazy. And it was intentional. I mean, it, this was a satire, so it was supposed to be crazy. And um, so Kanye wasn't being satirical, whatever no. he was talking about with the red cap. Yeah, no, I uh, it, I think it was the red cap. And and, and Trump is just nodding his head. Right. And looking at him like, oh, it's so profound and wise. And then he started uh, appealing for Larry Hoover. I don't know if you remember that, like uh, the 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 gangster who's in prison. Uh, oh, I know Larry Hoover. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know, yeah, I know, I don't know Larry Hoover personally, but yeah. my, uh, my friend Gate, Gator, uh, Bradley. To, yeah, Bradley used to um, be um, chilling for Hoover. He was trying to get him out of prison at one point. Yeah, we should bring Gator Bradley on the show sometime. Anyway, uh, so uh, Trump is just like staring at him with this reverence. And I remember Tucker Carlson when uh, Kanye really went nuts uh, and started uh, rattling, you know, off this uh, anti-Semitic Nazi-like stuff. Uh, and then right by that period, Tucker Carlson brought him on, was nodding along with him. And then it turned out that Tucker Carlson edited out the real uh, anti-Semitic stuff that he said. You get what yeah. I mean? Like, right. oh, well, I'll pretend. I'll pretend like I really believe deep, deeply in what you're saying, but I'm not going to let the world hear the the real hateful stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure I've, I've, I've lost enough sponsors already. <laughs> oh Lord, I got a whole other sub of them. <laughs> but I I, uh, I was not surprised that Jim Brown embraced uh, Trump. Jim Brown was always a Republican. That I uh, always had that curious contradiction between his. See, I didn't realize Jim Brown, but but I wasn't a, a, a great like I said, I wasn't a great follower of Jim Brown. I've, um, our, our 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 good friend, the late Sergio Mims, was a was a big Jim Brown fan. Uh, he was just totally fascinated with him. And, well, yeah. And facetiously, he used to say Jim Brown was the greatest actor that ever lived. Yeah, he was being facetious. <laughs> I, I don't know. You must have seen 100 Rifles. Uh, 100 Rifles is a Jim Brown movie where he made love to Raquel Welch. Yeah, I saw uh, it. I, I remember it. <laughs> That's how bad it was, I think, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it I at the time. <laughs> besides the Raquel Welch scene, I don't remember anything about Oh, the there's movie. so many great Raquel Welch scenes. May she rest in peace. She just passed on, too. Yeah, uh, right. God, we're getting old, Monroe. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, no, that I loved it as a kid, and then I watched it. It didn't really hold up. Like, it's got to admit, it didn't. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, What's that? But... Even the, the Monroe Anderson, the young movie critic, <laughs> knew that it was a pile of crap. <laughs> oh, my. I think uh, Sergio and I had a conversation on the mic about 100 Rifles, uh, and he was explaining the significance. The, the great thing about Sergio Mims, um, he knew so much about movies, 
and uh, he could go on about the significance of a movie, even if it wasn't good. It had a cultural significance. Oh yeah, I know. Historical he, significance. He, he, he was a contrarian and a BS artist. Okay, <laughs> all right. Now, please stop it. He's not here to defend this. Uh, but we argued all the time. Yeah, we'll argue. Wasn't in fact, he's the only person I gotta say this. Uh, I give it the legendary uh, Sergio Mims. Back in the old days when we were live, uh, we had a live feed. He was the only guest I've ever had who participated on the show live and would be <laughs> interacting on the live feed uh, with the the uh, listeners who were on the live feed. So the great Sergio Mims, multi-talented. Um, so in 1972, when I was uh, still in high school and obsessed with sports and politics, much as I am today, and very much a uh, uh, a supporter and fan of George McGovern's presidential campaign, it kind of hurt me that the following three people supported Richard Nixon because they were my heroes. And it was Will Chamberlain, Jim Brown, and Sammy Davis Jr., yeah, and I, I cannot tell you guys how much I love Sammy Davis Jr. I said I I have a story I can tell you about Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> I have a story I can tell you because uh, I, I I I I when I was at Ebony I had lunch with Lena Horn. She she she, well, she was at the table with uh, Ebony editors. Wow! And she talked about Sammy positively. Like, she said. Sammy Davis will try anything once. I <laughs> well, didn't mean that as a compliment. <laughs> well, he and I knew uh, other things, so she was right from what I knew. Well, I I don't know what you, putting aside uh, his proclivities and Will Ch uh, Will Chamberlain. Okay, we'll try anything twenty thousand times. Yeah, uh, right. Okay, which, no, right, exactly. No. Will Chamberlain had so many women that he was bored with them. So he had, two, uh, so the rumor went at Ebony. He had two Doberman pinchers that he he would watch have sex with women. Get the hell out of here. You make <laughs> this stuff up, man. No. These are my heroes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Leave Will Chamberlain, no, the Big Dipper, you, alone. <laughs> so you, you, all this is to say you're not good at picking sports heroes. No. Well, Sammy was, uh, I love those. Those three gentlemen. Um, <laughs> I, and then I, I mean, Jim Brown, w when the word emerged about his abusive behavior toward women, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I could not easily reconcile myself with that. I know um, Spike Lee and Dave Z uh, Zirin and others have tried to uh, present a side of, Jim Brown that like well we'll just overlook this other thing he's doing you know and I, I can yeah. never do that right uh, exactly. I, you know oh, it was, yeah it's particularly a, 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 you a man with daughters definitely couldn't but he but even me with two sons I couldn't overcome that either yeah I uh I, yeah, never I have heard a mother of, and sister uh, I have uh, a mother I have a sister yeah yeah, so I, I don't I have my issues with Jim Brown. Uh, but, yeah, I was not surprised that he showed up uh, with uh, Donald Trump. They're both abusers of women. So, you know, they're yeah. misogynists. So birds of a feather, huh? Uh, right. Well, 
I like the Jim Brown character in One Night in in, in Miami. Yeah, great flick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah the, speaking of which, Sergio Mims loved that movie. Yeah, uh, we, we did a whole too. show on that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really great movie, and Jim Brown was a great, very cultu- important culturally speaking, because what Monroe is alluding to is the the play and then movie about one night in Miami when Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, uh, and whom I forget. Sam Cook. Sam, how can I forget Sam Cook? Yes, right. uh, convened uh, in Miami, and they spent the night talking and chatting. Right after, the, 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 right after um, Ali had um, taken the title away yes. from... Um, you could do uh, it. Come on, you could do it. It's a test of no. your memory. Yeah, Come right, on. I know. Come on now. The, the thug that nobody expected to, to Ali to be able to beat. Sonny Liston. Yeah, Sonny Liston, right, exactly. Uh, man, Sonny Liston was a scary human being. That's a whole right, other exactly. story. Right. <laughs> oh, Lord. I can't damn, Sonny Liston was a scary man. Muhammad right. Ali beat him in six and then uh, later knocked the, him out. The invisible punch. The invisible punch of Louis Domain. He didn't even <laughs> land the punch. Sonny Liston either, either was paid off to take a fall or just said, yeah, I'll just take my money and not bother with the fight. One or the right. other. Right. This kid's too good. Right. Yes. This is one or the other. Right. Or maybe both. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you don't need to reconcile yourself with Jim Brown because you didn't really like him that much anyway, right. on any right. front. Right. All right, fair enough. I mean, I didn't, I didn't dislike him, but I just was indifferent towards yeah. him for the most part. And other than what Lena Horne said about Sammy Davis Jr., what was your attitude about him? I uh, there was Sammy Davis Jr. I thought was talented, but. Um, when he hugged Nixon, I wasn't yeah. surprised. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was what I'm alluding to. In 1972, he right. hugged Nixon. Nixon was right. so shocked. Like, what the hell, man? Right. Right. Nixon was not a hugger, you know? Right, but, yeah, but Sammy was. <laughs> Sammy was. Right. Uh, I, I forgave all three of them for endorsing Nixon. That's how... Okay. <laughs> Which was amazing. You know, I, I was so much for McGovern, but I go, oh, I love Wilt Chamberlain, I don't care if he's a Republican. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, I, oh, you know, and back then, still, I mean, the, the transition was still occurring because um, blacks for generations have been Republicans. Yeah. And then after FDR, we started making the transition to Democrat. And um, it's, but there were some some holdovers for different. Yeah. You know, um, King may have been a Republican. I'm pretty he, sure he was. Repu- back the Republicans make the argument that he was. I'm not sure because Republicans lie so much, and they and, and none of the people that follow King actually um, pin that label on him. So I'm not sure. Well, uh, it's really important once again that we uh, make this clear. Uh, There has been a complete 180 in American politics regarding Republicans and Democrats on the issue of black Americans. Right. So there was Abraham Lincoln's Republicans led the fight in the Civil War against the Confederacy. Right. The heirs to that Republican Party are 
the Democrats of their time who led the fight for slavery. Just so you understand that, ladies and gentlemen, there was a transformation. The Chicago and, Tribune was an abolitionist newspaper. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yes. <laughs> that is so deep, man. The Chicago Tribune. Just an absolutely despicable editorial page. Uh for the last 50 years and counting at least on this issue. Uh and uh yeah, but way back when in the 1850s. So 1850s, ladies and gentlemen. So whenever you hear uh some MAGA person trying to say, you know, the Democratic Party uh, was the party of Jim Crow. Just remember, those Democrats who uh, were Jim Crow Democrats, they're Republicans now. Their, their children and grandchildren are Republicans now. And the Republicans, whatever few there were, that stood up for civil rights are all Democrats now. There's been a transformation, Monroe. Yes. Yeah. And um, but I still I don't know. Jim Jim Brown was Republican to the very end. He out there with Trump. Uh, all right. Let's uh, by the way, uh, I guess while we're on the topic, um, there's going to be a battle uh, for what exists uh, in uh, of, uh, black Republican vote. Uh, Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott announced he's running uh, for uh, president. It's Senator of South Carolina, black man. Uh, and, but in addition, Monroe, I had forgotten this until you reminded me of this. Larry Elders is also in the race. Uh, right. It's going to be a, a knockdown drag out as to who doesn't get the, the, the Republican vote. Tim Scott, Larry Elder. So help me out, Monroe. Explain to me um, uh, the Tim Scott phenomenon in the United States. Uh, where is his popularity? Uh, will is it possible in any in, as you see it uh, that he could pop has a remote chance of getting the Republican nomination? Not from the MAGA crowd, no, 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 no. You know he's he's he he would be acceptable if they didn't have uh, Trump. And 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 DeSantis trying to out Trump Trump, so it, and he's trying to be Mister Nice Guy, Tim Scott, and in fact, um, that's one of the things that is said about him. Even Democrats, or at least Black Democrats, say that they like him. He's a nice guy. I think they say they're basically saying if you decode the whole thing. Uh, he he he's a nice guy. Too bad he's an Uncle Tom. <laughs> but anyway, he 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 the the way he's gotten to the Senate, the way he stays in good favor with Republicans, is saying the things that uh, white Republicans want to hear. And his campaign is is going to be that way. Except um, he's also. Uh, having having one of those um, can't we all get along um, campaigns like uh, God I'm blanking on his name Rodney uh, Rodney Scott huh Rodney Scott from uh Rodney yeah Rodney right yeah. right exactly and uh, um, so do you think 
Kim Scott has more credibility than Herschel Walker. Uh yeah. Yeah, because Herschel Walker had he's a, he 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 was um pre DeSantos <laughs> Republican, the black version. But he had so many lies going and 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 and, and things going on and and he had mental issues. Yeah. Now Tim Scott doesn't have any of that to my knowledge. By the way, I misspoke. I was thinking of the director, uh, Ridley yeah, Scott. Rodney, Rodney King. King. Yes, yeah, right. Rodney I just want to get that straight. Uh, right. That was the dementia speaking. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. Uh, Tim Scott has more credibility uh, than Herschel Walker, which just goes to show you what a disgrace uh, Maggie is and how they use uh, black people. That's right. Uh, although right now in the polling, um, Scott has one percent. Is that right? He's yes. only at one percent. Right, right. I didn't see that. Wow. Yeah, right. Uh, in your opinion, does um, Tim Scott have more credibility than Larry Elder? Uh, I don't. I haven't seen any polling on Elder, but my imagine. I imagine his um, polling is point two percent. Oh my goodness, uh, that man is insane. Uh, I um, because he, he remember he ran for governor. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, Gavin he, Newsom he didn't yeah. do very well. No. Uh, he did not do very well at all. That was in the recall election for Gavin uh, in California. Gavin Newsom. Uh, here's the the concept that's so bizarre about Tim Scott running as a nice man. We talked about uh, can a mayor of Chicago be nice? Right. Viewed as nice. MAGA doesn't do nice. No. I can't think of any MAGA. They're fashioned after Trump. Yeah. Who is a total asshole. Yeah. I mean, he can't, if he, he, he is the king of assholes. I mean, the way he's holding, the way he's handled this E. Jean Carroll oh my situation is amazing to me and to most people. Exactly, you know, and so it's going to cost him more money because she's 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 now uh, filed another defamation suit, and her lawyer, uh, Robbie, I forget what her last name is right now. Just mm -hmm. But anyway, Roberta Kaplan. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she's making an argument to the judge. Well, we already decided that he defamed her, and he defamed her again. So let's just. Um, give us ten more million dollars and don't even take it before a jury because it's all there uh, for us to see. I mean, that is a compelling argument. I mean, right. Monroe, that is a seriously compelling argument. He just right. lost, right? The, you know, and right. uh, and the issue is is damages. The the issue is did you. You know, did you damage this woman's reputation? Uh, and the jury said, yes, you did. And so they awarded her money. And then he just doubled down. Uh, right. Like, why have another trial? I mean, it's just. Right. right. Just give us some more money. Yeah. Give us enough money to where he will feel it. Well, you and know. Stop. Um, yeah. See, I think Donald uh, Trump. uh 
he's lived outside the conventional rules of accountability right. for so long. Right. That all his does, life. Yeah. Up until up until this year, literally all his life, he's gotten away with it. Yeah. Well, well, uh, Trump University had to cough up twenty five million, but even if he's just only a billionaire, not a ten billionaire or whatever he claims to be, uh, uh, twenty five million dollars is no big deal yeah. to him. Yeah, and so then again, five million dollars if he's a billionaire is no big deal to him. Right. Uh, that's the defamation. That's the amount the jury awarded him in the uh, first yeah. round of the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit. Uh, so, you know, if they double it to 10 million, it's, I guess that's no big deal to him either. Although I'm sure he won't want to pay it. Right. Well, he uh, doesn't want to pay anything because that's how he is. He doesn't pay his lawyers. That's why he keeps going through them. He, did, he didn't pay his workmen. People who did work for him. He would pay them some money, but then argue. Let's say they, 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 they bid and the job was a hundred thousand dollars. He would find a way to argue and not give him a hundred thousand, but give him fifty thousand or something. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. I uh, obviously Donald Trump thinks that he can uh, run out the clock on all these prosecutions, well, uh, and by getting elected president again. I yeah. think if he has a strategy, it's pretty clear that's a strategy. Yeah, and and Putin is kicking in to help him because Putin's Putin, Trump is Putin's boy. That is, uh, wait, what do you mean he's kicking in the help? I missed that. Where did you see that? Putin has sanctioned uh, a whole bunch of um, Democrats. And some of them, he's sanctioned, they can't come to Russia. And some of them he's sanctioned. The only reason they're sanctioned is because they're anti-Trump. You know, for example, uh, the prosecutor, in in Georgia, she's been sanctioned. She yeah. can't. She cannot go to Russia <laughs> because of Putin. Yeah. So he, the Trump's enemies are Putin's enemies. Uh, well, listen. After what happened to Brittany Griner, I, I don't think any Americans should go to Russia. Right. Uh, for exactly. Any time soon. Right. Uh, all right. So uh, Trump's and, and and the 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 reporter who. They're accusing of being a spy right now because he was pretty critical of Russia. Yeah. The Wall Street Journal reports. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, getting back to uh, uh, Donald Trump, his strategy is to avoid the, the prosecution and avoid uh, further trials uh, by getting elected uh, uh, president again. And then he could fire the prosecutors uh, or pardon himself or whatever scheme he's got or pardon whoever his confederates uh, are um standing in the way at least momentarily from him uh becoming president again uh is ron DeSantis, the go- the governor of of florida who's about to announce uh his candidacy tonight tonight wow with elon musk man this world is insane uh <laughs> Remember, what was it, about a year ago, I tell you, don't trust any white man from South Africa. (laughs) I I give you exhibition A, exhibit A. (laughs) Wow. Truly uh, deluded human being, Elon Musk. Um, 
All right. So uh, I just got finished reading an article. I can't remember now if it's the Washington Post or the New York Times, and I humbly apologize. I read them both so frequently on national politics, uh, where uh, Elon Musk is assembling, according to this article, uh, a crew of like thousands of people and raising millions of dollars to defeat Donald Trump. And he's going to beat him on the ground. He's going to have a ground campaign like like the, the MAGA equivalent of what Brandon Johnson just put together. Uh, to defeat uh, Donald Trump. And he, he's going to defeat Donald Trump, Monroe, without really mentioning Donald Trump uh, because right. he realizes that the people he's counting on for their votes to defeat Donald Trump revere Donald Trump. Right. Uh, so he's, he's trying to say, look, I'll follow Trump's policies uh, so you can vote for me knowing it'll be more of the same. But uh, so I won't. I'll bring you in, but I, I won't denounce Donald Trump, but I'm going to run against Donald Trump. It's such a bizarre contradiction. It's such a fine line that he's walking. I'm not certain he could pull it off. Your thoughts? He, he can't pull it off because he, he is more of an asshole than Donald Trump. <laughs> At least Donald Trump knows how to campaign. DeSantis can't even do that. That's why he, instead of following the traditional pattern of when you announce your presidency where you have people behind you to show you have supporters and they're cheering you on, et cetera. I mean, even Trump did that when he, when he first announced his presidency, even though he paid people to be out there to cheer him on, he actually paid people to do it, but still he had people out there. Uh, DeSantis, doesn't want to bother with having human beings in the picture at all. So he gets Elon Musk, and that's it. They're going to be on online. But and they talk about what a horrible campaigner DeSantis is. He doesn't like to sh- he doesn't like to shake hands with people. He doesn't like small t- to talk with people. All the qualifications it takes to win a presidency, he's avoiding. He doesn't like to talk to the media. You know, Trump Trump uh, claimed to hate the media, but every time there was a camera around, he was like a heat-seeking missile. They had it exactly straight forward. <laughs> yeah, no, Donald Trump loves uh, the spotlight. He loves uh, the interview. Uh, he he long ago mastered the art of answering any question the way he wants to, whether uh, it uh, relates to what he's being asked, and, and uh, whether he had a different answer yesterday. Yeah, opposing <laughs> answer, or five minutes ago, for that exactly. matter. Exactly. I mean, like, he sometimes he contradicts himself in the same interview. Uh, yeah. So when he got caught, what's funny? Okay, speaking of when he got caught in the deposition, claiming that. Um, uh, e. Jean Carroll wasn't his type, and they pointed to the picture, and he said that was that was his wife's, wow. Marla Maples, instead of E. Jean Carroll. Then when when he was corrected on that, he said, "Oh, what's well, a fuzzy picture?" <laughs> and then, and then, this, this, this this picture didn't get any clearer. <laughs> the photograph was any clearer than technically possible. For the time it was shot. Uh, all right. So um, we got two questions then on this front, which I think we'll have weekly updates on this with you. 
Okay. Because this DeSantis Trump thing is not going anywhere. This will be, uh, this will be the political story coming out of MAGA for the next year. No, I don't think DeSantis is going to last that long. But we'll see. Well, wait. A year from now would be May of 2024. Are you telling me that DeSantis will be out of the race by May of 2024? Actually, I think he'll be a non-entity. He might may or may not be out of the race. You know, Jeb Bush was in the race till the end. Was he? I don't remember that. Was he? Yeah. I just don't. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I wouldn't bet the family jewels on it, but I'm pretty sure that Jeb Bush, he didn't drop out earlier. After he lost in a... In a, in a all right, so the next nine months then, not a year. Yeah. All right, whatever. All right, so... Um, well, and the other, okay, but okay, with Trump, uh, no, we have the factor of... He is going to be on trial. Wow! In March, that is I mean, so on trial with the discussing this thing right in the middle of the campaign. Yeah, he like really <laughs> pissed Trump off because he, <laughs> he told his lawyers to get it get it delayed until after he um, won had the nomination. So yeah, he, yeah, right. And so even now, he's he's uh, making the pitch that it's it's a, an attempt to um, rob him of the presidency. Yeah. And he's a candidate for president. And this is a plot by the deep state to make sure he's not the candidate. And, and of see, course, the dumbass um, Trump nuts will go for it. Yeah. Uh, and and I think what DeSantis will be trying to do, this is the exact st uh, strategy he will be employing, uh, will be to get through this next six, seven, eight months where Trump's preparing for trial uh, on the the indictment against him for uh, allegedly paying hush money to Stormy Daniels. That's the trial in New York that Monroe's alluding to. Right. Uh, well, and by that time, he'll be on trial uh, from Jack Smith's investigation on the documents at Mar-a-Lago. And he'll be on trial for uh, the uh, Georgia try, trying to corrupt... Uh, the vote in Georgia. So yeah. he'll have three trials. This yeah. is my prediction. He will have three trials going on. So if DeSantis could hang on that long, then he would be the person. Well, what DeSantis will be doing will be saying, ignoring the trials in terms of publicly denouncing Trump or criticizing Trump while uh, letting MAGA know these trials are going on. Uh, so he can't win in a general election. I know it's all bogus. This is what he would be saying. Yeah. But he won't be able to win. So you could still support Donald in his trials, but just vote for me. Yeah. Uh, and I'll it's give like you the my, policy. My, my theory this is what I'm telling you. My theory is that he will have burned out before that because he's such a bad candidate. Uh, all right. So here's the two-fold question that uh, I will be throwing at you uh throughout the, the next few months. Okay. You said Ron DeSantis is an uh, an asshole. In your humble uh, opinion, is he a bigger asshole than Trump? Yes. Wow. For real? Yes. And Trump has as a winning 
personality when it comes to a candidate. Uh, you know, he had the TV show that people thought that he actually was a, a businessman, a successful businessman. And he says aloud what the, the MAGA crowd wants <laughs> to hear. Yeah. DeSantis uh, is um, f faking it until he makes it, he thinks. And so he's trying to be more Trump than Trump. He's talking about what a tough guy he is, but he's not tough enough to take Trump on head to head. And Trump will eat him alive um, before he gets a chance. I mean, his numbers have already dropped in the polls. Significantly. Who, Trump or, or, or DeSantis? DeSantis. Okay. Yeah. And Trump, every every time uh, we indict Trump, his numbers are going to go up with the MAGA people. Well, because they think he's, he's being... And he sells it like that. Yeah, He's man. a victim of the deep state, and they just don't—they don't like Trump because Trump likes them. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's crazy. I no, mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, all right, and so the follow-up question, and I don't want any ducking and dodging on this one. Okay. And I, uh, if you had to choose, oh god. Okay, and you no, you can't write anyone in. You can't, you know, no, 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 no ducking, no dodging. You had to choose between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump for president. Who would you vote for? <laughs> it's a tough one. I flip a coin because either one of them will lose to Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if Biden, something should happen to Biden, and it becomes Kamala Harris, I don't know, because right now she's not that popular either. So, I, you know, that's a whole other conversation. I mean, uh, oh, I know, I know about it's Kamala scary. Harris, right. uh, and, um, uh, God, uh, Sergio Mims Day in the Ben Jarofsky show. He had a thing against Kamala Harris, which I never understood. Yeah. Uh, he would rail about her. Um, I, I've always thought it was so unfair. Yeah. Uh, the hatred piled on uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, but, uh, and I remember it back from 2019. You know, people, they, I mean, she was 2019 at those first debates. She yeah. turned hard. Remember, she came strong at Biden, and I was all excited. Oh, that was good. That was excellent, yeah. you know. Uh, and uh, and then um, uh, everybody else started pounding away at her, and she didn't do a good job at defending herself. And in many ways, it's been all downhill ever since for her. But I still think uh, Democrats are unfair. It would be like um, comparing Biden to Obama. President, if 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 um, if something were to happen to to Obama while he's president, Biden wouldn't have been the choice or the anything at that time. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, all right, speaking uh, of Democrats, we'll close with this one. Please explain Hillary Clinton to me. 
Uh, Hillary Clinton uh, made a comment the other day about Diane Feinstein, the uh, senator from California, who is so sick that right. she's been unable to uh, show up in Washington. And as a result, uh, the Democrats cannot uh, approve uh, judges. Uh, and um, it's just like the Democratic Party, Monroe, is so dysfunctional in just so many basic ways. And this is just a clear-cut case uh, of a woman who should step down, just She's really ill, and right. there's a Democratic governor. So politically speaking, you wouldn't. The Democrats would not lose a seat, uh, and she could get along on with her life and deal with her the issues of her illness. But she can't walk away, and Hillary Clinton defended that. I don't understand Democrats, Monroe. I need help here. I saw the same thing. Um, uh, with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, stayed on after you brought, remember Barack Obama right. took her out. What was it? Invited her for tea to the White House. Gently yeah, suggested yeah, this is, this is s- sisters um, covering e- everybody each other's backs. Basically, that's what it is. It was with with Ruth Gates, Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. She she was a very progressive very accomplished white woman. And so all the other very progressive, very accomplished white women had her back. Yeah. Hillary's doing the th- same thing wow. with, with Feinstein. Well, and I don't get it. He, you know, because it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's a loyalty. Wow. You know, and Feinstein was a great liberal, I mean, progressive. So, you know, but she, her time has come and gone. She, uh, she obviously has dementia. Yeah. You know, and so she should go. Um, somebody should replace her. But there's another factor going on that you cannot dismiss. And that's, you have three or four very distinguished, very accomplished progressive politics politicians in California all wanting her seat. And so she would have to be replaced with one of these people. Uh, right now, it, it, it appears that it's going to be the mayor of L.A. Karen Bass? You think they should, yes. yes. But she just got elected. Right, I know. But if you had a choice between being a senator or mayor, and it, particularly in a a city where the mayor is is more of a uh, a front a, a, a token that are, mm-hmm. they don't have the power that a chicago mayor has in la um, so um if she had a choice that would be a promotion for sure and, well, and I... give her in, in this race which you have these really accomplished people if if she were the the senator the incumbency could make the difference in and of itself for making sure she gets to sleep. Well, I, uh, we're going to have to have a, a, a whole show on California politics. I find it fascinating. California politics. Yeah, it's it's you're, you, you become an honorary California <laughs> citizen. <laughs> I know, man. I'm an honorary California citizen. I love LA, baby. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I don't know who I'd vote for, De- DeSantis or Trump. If I ask myself the same question I asked you, uh, I do. Uh, I 
I abhor them both uh, so much. I feel uh, that there's an element of Donald Trump that is, um, I don't know how to put this. Uh, he, sometimes he's so bizarre, it's funny. Uh, and in a, in a really dark, twisted way. And so it's entertaining, which, of course, is the secret of his appeal, I suppose. Whereas I can't think of anything remotely entertaining about Ron DeSantis, who is right. just one of the meanest, nastiest people around. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, and, and a complete fraud. We didn't even have time to talk about uh, Amanda Gorman's poem, uh, The Hill We Climb, and how there's an effort in California uh, by uh, to uh, in a school, a middle school in the Miami area, where they're now saying, oh, well, that, that poem is too much uh, right. for grammar school kids to read. So we're going to take right. it out of the classroom and just leave it. Maga, you have lost your mind. Well, this is, you know, well, because they've gotten to a point where anybody can say something's offensive to them and then it's gone. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, Monroe, meanwhile, Ron DeSantis, the champion of that crusade in Florida that uh, bans books or takes them out of the classroom, that man is going to announce his candidacy tonight, uh, joined by Elon Musk, who owns Twitter, and they preach that they're believers in free expression and free speech. Right. They're the biggest frauds in America. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of contestants in that uh, category, but say you're a champion of free speech while kicking uh, Amanda Gorman's poem out of a classroom, I think is the height of hypocrisy. And I'll just leave it at that one. Oh, no, they're uh... What, what they want to do is w literally whitewash American history uh, to, so that um, American history remains a bedtime story where all is good and happy and, and ends happily ever after. Yeah, absolutely. And it has nothing to do with reality. Um. By the way, is that chicken place still open in Lincoln Park that we went to that one time that I loved it so much? Remember that place? Oh, it was so good. They had the roasted chicken. I think it may have closed. Bud Long. Was it Bud Long? That's yeah. not in Lincoln. Is that was that? Oh, Webster. Yeah, it was Webster. Bud Long. All right. Well, uh, that's where we're gonna go because let's not forget you lost a bet uh, early on in the show. It was about an hour ago. The great Tina Turner passed on. And she was an 80s icon, not a 90s icon. And so, oh, yeah. She was a 90s icon also. But oh. I was wrong. <laughs> she started in the 80s. All right, very good. She had just a ceased. This is why they give her all this attention now. Uh, MSNBC finally got off her death and went on to other things, but they spent about an hour on her. Yeah, no, and she deserves it. She was one of the greatest. All right, Monroe Anderson, thank you very much. As always, every Wednesday, uh, great job. And also want to thank Producer Chris for doing a great job. I think Monroe will agree with me when I say, Producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. Another Monroe Wednesdays in the book on The Ben Jarofsky Show. Don't forget, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more, all at chicagoreader.com. Follow The Ben Jarofsky Show on Instagram at Benny J Show and all over the internet on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.